Hello, everyone. I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. All right. Welcome back, queens. We have Michelle Logging today, and she is a doctorate of physical therapy. Michelle is one of the few eating disorder sensitive informed physical therapists. We So we have like original OG in the house. An OG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She began her career as an inpatient physical therapist at Denver Health in 2008 and almost immediately began to explore the integration of physical therapy services to individuals admitted to the acute center for eating disorders at Denver Health. It was here that Michelle cultivated her passion to provide excellent physical therapy care to this patient population by coordinating a mobility program and providing individual patient care for approximately 11 years. Sensing the need to cultivate access to physical therapy services and meaningful movement, love that, in the outpatient world, coupled with her desire to expand physical therapy as a recognized recognized profession in the field of eating disorders, Michelle created her private practice, Movement is Medicine, Physical Therapy and Wellness, in January 2019. Here she blends her background as a yoga and fitness instructor with her physical therapy skills for rehabilitation, injury prevention, and education to encourage clients to participate in the movement and healthy reconnection with their body. Michelle has been published in the Journal of Acute Care Physical Therapy and was a contributing text editor editor for Pathology Implications for the Physical Therapist. She's a member of IADEP, an inconsistent member of the APTA, and a member of the Global Public Health Alliance. She regularly lectures to the physical therapy students at University of Colorado Anschutz, am I saying that wrong? Anschutz. Anschutz Medical Mm -hmm. Campus to provide education on eating disorders and the importance of physical therapy care. Recently, she completed training to become a pelvic health physical therapist and completed her certification as a pre- and postnatal coach through Girls Gone Strong. As a postpartum athlete herself, Michelle recognizes the intersection between dysfunctional exercise, disordered eating, body dysmorphia, and decreased relationship with pelvic health that can be common pre- and postpartum. In her free time, she enjoys learning more about pelvic health and the female athlete, participating in classes at her local gym, hiking 14ers, cycling, and living life with her husband and two young kids. (laughs) Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. You have such a fun background no kidding. and overlap of things <laughs> that we all love. So we're going to yes. have fun today. Right. How? Okay. Like, how did you step into this since it really hadn't been created? It's kind of like my, my buddy Amanda right. that started as strength coach. Like, it was never created. So there has to have been some sort of... Yeah. Yeah. Tell us. Yes. Amanda <laughs> and I have been talking to you. So this is good stuff. Um so, you know, when I started, um, when I started as an inpatient physical therapist at Denver Health, um, we had a floor-based model of treating our patients. So I was essentially assigned um, a certain, you know, floor that I was on, and I would treat those patients on that floor. 
And it happened to be that the acute unit was blossoming at that time. It was a two-bed unit back in 2008, I believe it was. Um, and those, and I was kind of following in the footsteps of another colleague of mine who uh, we, we just started getting um, PT consults on these patients because they would, they would come in and they, they, weren't able to, they weren't able to get out of bed. They weren't able to stand up and walk. Um, you know, kind of those basic things that we kind of take for granted. So I really, I really just kind of walked into it. And it's, and it's really funny. I, I kind of always have the discussion that I didn't necessarily choose this population to work with. This population chose me. And, and this is now it's become my passion and my mission. So it's, it's been a good thing all around. Well, perfect. So tell, tell us how you integrate this movement within the eating disorder population or disordered eating using a body positive and health at every size approach. Yeah, that's great. I, a great question. So I haven't done any training specifically through body positive, but I absolutely love their eight pillars that they have on their website. Um, talking about acceptance, um, you know, everybody can come and do it, do movement, just having the permission to move your body in whatever way is meaningful for you and not having to worry about, you know, size, weight, shape, anything like that. And then the health at every size, um, really kind of a very similar kind of strain um, in terms of really just showing, um, showing individuals that they can access movement. And, and really from, a, from an eating disorder, disordered eating perspective, working on that dysfunctional exercise piece, and, and really is trying to understand what is that balance? What is a good balance? And it's unique to each individual. But what is that balance of bringing movement in? My experience has been when, uh, when I was working with patients at acute, a lot of times they, they were told, you can't move, you can't stand, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to burn calories. Which I told I I understand that and that that's really how we how we started out initially at acute because we didn't know better right and now I feel like we know better and we and we continue to we continue to learn I mean I I can say it myself I continue to learn every day but movement is a very integral piece our bodies are made to move uh, and we just I feel that through and toward recovery. Those of us that are in that place where we can talk about movement, we can talk about how, how your body responds to exercise and things like that, I think we are an integral piece in the treatment process. Instead of not allowing movement, we need to be able to allow our clients and our patients to literally move through their recovery mm-hmm. based on what's, what's unique to them and what, what works given you know, what's going on. Absolutely. I love that. Um, Michelle, I'd like to talk a little bit about spending time talking about the kind of postpartum period. Can you go down the rabbit hole with me for a little bit? Um, Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. First, you know, I work with this population and there's such uh, angst around getting my body back after delivery. Um, I want to start exercising soon. Um, and it's such a vulnerable time for every woman after um, delivery, but also those that have struggled with an eating disorder. So first, let's talk about right. 
What does safe return to exercises and sport look like in the postpartum period? That's a great question. And it's, it, honestly, it's different for everybody. It, it, you know, it's based on, um, you know, how the pregnancy was, how the delivery was, um, what this particular client patient wants to get back to. Um, and when it, when it comes to getting, getting the body back, um, I feel like we see that a lot in, um, you know, our social media feed and just, we just see it a lot as women. We, we just see it everywhere. And that's the message that we, that we are kind of bombarded with. And I think in the postpartum area of returning to movement, I think it's such a special time in terms of cultivating that reconnection with the body because having a baby, that's a big deal. Uh-huh. And, I, and I, yeah, and I don't really think, I don't really think that we stop and give it, give it the respect of what it takes out of a woman's body and what a woman's body goes through. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful process, but it's, it's a lot for women afterwards at times, you know, it's hard to, it, depending on, you know, how the pregnancy was and, um, the delivery and that it might be hard to actually pick up, you know, it might be hard for a, a mama to pick up her baby because mm-hmm. of weak core muscles or weak pelvic floor muscles. So that is really, that is such a beautiful sweet spot for um, somebody that is, that is well-versed in this to be able to create that connection and really the change, the change, the body talk, I'm going to say, like change that, um, that perception of, oh, I want to, I want to get back to, you know, my pre-pregnancy body and things like that. And I really think that through our discussions and through building that rapport with our client, we don't necessarily need to tear that down because if that is something that is really, really important for our client, we're we're not going to be able to necessarily change that. But I think it's the education, education, education. And that beginning to understand how the body works and really, you know, coming into one's own and feeling strong within the body again after carrying and birthing a child Uh is so incredibly powerful. I got goosebumps talking about it. It's so incredibly powerful. Oh, yeah. I think it's such a time of, like, growth um, Mm -hmm. and to, like, work on some of the challenges that women have even before becoming pregnant when it comes to body image and the body. Can you talk a little bit about specific tools that you're using to help reconnect with the body and management of potential kind of body dysmorphia? Yeah, that's great. So I, I ask a lot of, one of the um, outcome measures that I like to do with my clients is I do the compulsive exercise test. Mm -hmm. So I'm answering your question, but I'm kind of going roundabout. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so I do the, the compulsive exercise test because I, I really I really like that because it gives me a, a really good insight into how that individual views exercise within their world. But then in terms of like working on um, kind of like the body image piece, those sorts of things, I really do a lot of, it's a lot of dialogue back and forth between my client in terms of you know, how did that feel? How'd that feel in your body? Where did you feel it? Like th- those sorts of things. And I'm really, I'm kind of mining for that connection back into the body. And sometimes it's it's very superficial, like, oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was, you know, that was easy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And other times, you know, it's like, well, but where did you feel it? Like how, like, did you like that move? Like, did you get excited about doing that? 
And I had one particular client. I can't remember the exact move we were doing, but it was like all of a sudden she like lit up and was like, oh my gosh, this just, oh, this feels so good. And I'm like, perfect. Tell me more. <laughs> tell, me, mm-hmm. tell me what that's like. Tell me what you're feeling in your body. And I feel that that's, that's a really important thing to kind of start to draw out of our, our clients in terms of, you know, it, overall, like, why are we doing this movement? That's a big, like, umbrella question. But while we're doing the movement, like, are we really, are you really enjoying it? How does mm-hmm. this feel in your body? Are you really feeling it in your body? Or are you just trying to, like, rep out whatever and be done with it? Mm-hmm. So those, those sorts of things. Hopefully I answered your question. I think it kind of went off on a no, tangent. No, <laughs> yes, you did. I mean, I think, again, physical therapy in the postpartum period, I think their women think about the pelvic floor and delivery, but I don't think women understand, well, they do when they get to it, how having a baby takes a toll and how we change our posture so mm-hmm. much. I mean, from breastfeeding to right. feeding, our shoulders are hunched over. We're sitting a lot more because of that. We're hauling around bags and a car seat. Like, it takes a toll. Right. Pull the bicep muscle with <laughs> having the diaper bag on the same side and you carry the infant carrier and had to start rocking right. the backpack. Yeah. I've noticed with my clients, yeah. I think this is such an important piece. I mean, this is just a thing for women and mothers is them taking the time to take care of themselves, mm-hmm. to go in, oh, to yeah. to get these services for their body. I mean, we could get into a big discussion about that, but I know that's, I just need to get them there <laughs> is the biggest thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I, I might actually go down that just a little bit. Yeah, I think it, it's kind of one of these things as, as women, we just kind of accept, um, okay, so I had a baby, I have six to eight weeks off of work. And I just I need to learn I need to learn how to be a mama because I don't you know, this, this child didn't come with like a tag to tell me how to take care of it. And so I have to figure <laughs> that out. And then when we go back for our like six week appointment, it's not standard of care in the United States to be followed up by a pelvic health no. therapist. And I can speak from my lived experience. I remember asking questions and saying, I really want to get back into exercise. You know, my body feels different. And is that normal? And what should I do about that? And, you know, at the time, I I just don't think there was, that just wasn't a discussion. And I'm very, very hopeful. And I I do think that things are changing. There's there's a lot more information out there in, in regard to how do you safely return to exercise which I think is great, but our mamas have to look for it. Yeah, you're right. So, it, yeah, and that yeah. that can be an effort to hunt. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder, too, if yeah. there's some difficulty with connecting with the body and self because when you're that, that new mom or maybe you have multiple children, you almost lose your identity as self because it's always go, oh, yeah. go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. So it's probably hard yeah. to kind of disconnect and forget that you are one. You're one person. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's such a great observation. And yeah, I agree with you. Like those things that that maybe we were really important to us and really like filled our cup before we had our babies, we just kind of put them on the back burner. And, you know, it's, it's a, yeah, that loss of identity. I think you nailed it right there. It's a loss of identity mm-hmm. and gained a new one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So from all this, you know, a lot of times, um, whether it's the dysmorphia or, you know, your body's healing from an eating disorder, there can be actual pain that ends up um, 
manifesting and then that leads to dysfunctional movement patterns um like we had Mm -hmm. you know a year ago somebody on that talked about how like i had to relearn how to walk from just compensating on my foot Mm -hmm. and how i had to practice standing in my kitchen because i didn't even realize i wasn't moving the way that i was supposed to so tell us how you integrate that with your work with either you know the postpartum or the the eating disorder client yeah, that's it. That's great. So I, it, this might be kind of a silly analogy, but I kind of think of uh, like the physical therapy profession. Now, this, granted, this is my viewpoint. Is it's kind of like an onion, and at the core is that treatment of dysfunctional movement patterns. That's what we learn in our doctorate program, and we learn, you know, restoration, maintenance, and promotion of optimal physical function, and that comes directly from the APTA website in terms of defining what physical therapy is. Um, And going further along those lines, we enhance the health, well-being, and quality of life. So it's it's huge, depth and breadth of what we do. But then the different layers that we add on, I kind of see that as what we as physical therapists add on uniquely that fills our cup professionally. So for me, it's learning about eating disorders, disordered eating, dysfunctional exercise, pelvic floor, female athlete, um, pre and postpartum exercise, those sorts of things. But then in terms of um, bringing that into treating the patient, it's really about what what the goals are for the patient, what they're specifically coming in with, if it's a if it's an injury or there's the injury prevention piece of things. But a lot of it becomes the education. Again, I'm going back to that topic, the education about how the body works. And what I found with my patients that I've worked with is that just kind of talking about, hey, these are the muscles that you have um, that are in your pelvic floor. Do you know where the pelvic floor is? Have you heard that term? And it's not 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 meant in a condescending way at all, mm-hmm. but just let's get some pictures out and let's learn about our bodies because I just don't think that there's that connection there. And sometimes those visual images or even like having a model just like opens up this like, uh, I don't know, I don't know what to call it, but it's uh, this pathway, this kind of this welcoming of, oh, wow, that's my body and that's a really that's a really, that's really unique. And my body does that. That's really amazing. Um, I'm not quite sure if I answered your question. I think it kind of went on a different path. So if you need to redirect me, please do. (laughs) No, I mean, and that makes a lot of sense. For example, with my work within REDS, I educate like, yeah, your underfueling impacts your digestion and that impacts your mood because you need food to make neurotransmitters. Uh And I think Either A, it was never taught to them because I don't, I had to learn on my own or, or B, they just yeah. start to separate in carp, cup, oh, help me with carp, cup. I can't think of the word. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. Yeah, compartmentalize. Um, yeah. That they don't Woo, forget this all it. works together um, and synchronize. So. Yeah. I think overall, I I want our listeners to kind of just be clear, because this is kind of, I feel newish in the field, but where do you think physical therapy lays in the recovery of someone with an eating disorder? <laughs> oh, I so love that you asked me that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, here's the thing. 
when when I first started as a physical therapist, I, I felt very alone mm. in terms of like working with this patient population and really like not a lot of confidence in regard to what I was doing because I, there wasn't any literature per se that told me or evidence, I should say, that that essentially prescribed what I do. But I sensed this amazing need for these these patients. And the the time spent with the patients was, I, I felt like it was so beneficial for them. So I feel, I feel that there is a regular place for physical therapists at the table for the treatment for, of eating disorders, disordered eating and dysfunctional exercise. Mm -hmm. I think it's just another, it's another specialty that can, we can talk about the movement. We can talk about the body. Um, Again, it, it goes back to that education piece and, you know, really, helping the client to understand all the beautiful ways that their body works and then how all the systems work together. Like you were saying, Becca, like this, well, because of this, you know, X, Y, and Z is happening and, you know, kind of looking at it from a global perspective, because I don't think that that's necessarily what our clients and patients do. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that there, there is a place for PT. And I know that there are more PTs out there that are working in this profession. And I want to know them. <laughs> I, I want us all to come together. <laughs> yes, because I worked higher level. When I was working higher level care of eating disorder recoveries, it did come to yeah. mind that this would be a great you know, as they discharge, working with a PT after mm-hmm. discharge. And I thought it was a great um, relationship. However, it was very hard to find a PT that would be willing to work with this population just, I think, for fear of they yeah. didn't know much about it. But also what we did, right. we had a PT that came in and did a program for our clients, and they actually taught about what our body did and oh, awesome. educated um, the patients in the program about the body, and they really loved it, and I think it helped with just recovery with an eating disorder. But I would love for you to do some training for PTs oh my God. around eating disorders yeah. to just get them more comfortable yes. working with this population. Because um, you're right, I really think there is a place for it for sure. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, actually, from yeah. working in sports medicine, one of the uh, ideas I had um, was – they're not going to like hearing this term, but I could get insurance to help cover it if they were diagnosed as deconditioning. Deconditioning. Yeah. So then they could integrate safe yeah. movement and start, especially if they were like uh, a college athlete, rather than throwing them back to the wolves, they mm-hmm. start with physical therapy. Yeah. And then it's about the function, not about like numbers and everything else. So um, that's because exactly. I didn't know there were Michelles out there that, you know, we need to, <laughs> we need to mold Michelles. Well, goodness, when you bring in insurance and then that makes it more complicated. Okay. <laughs> you have to have a code. Yeah, and, it's oh. way more complicated. <laughs> I don't worry about that stuff, but that is a problem of how, again, Necessary we get evil. specific yeah. care to people that need specific things. But, yes, I yeah. love what you're doing, Michelle. Yeah. And while you're out, you know, tackling all this and creating this new area, how are you uh, living out the fit philosophy, balancing performance and health and intellect and time for self? Oh gosh, I, I yeah, that's such a great question. I knew you were gonna ask me, and I'm like, oh, how am I balancing? It's it? coming. Um, you know, honestly, I feel like right now I'm in a really, really good place in terms of 
which is odd with this whole COVID stuff going on, right? Um, but I feel like I'm in a really good place balancing, you know, the, all the school things with my kids, building my private practice, um, building, uh, you know, picking up shifts at some of the local hospitals here to do like my inpatient PT stuff. And then the time for myself is really that, you know, you know, going to do a workout, um, you know, getting on my bike, walking, walking the dog, things like that, just taking those little bits of time. Um, I just, I feel like I'm in a really good place with that and I've got it balanced and I'm sure that's going to teeter and one way or the other, but right now I'm in the sweet spot. Loving Yay. it. You're going to like that. Becca. Yeah, <laughs> you know sweet it. Spot. <laughs> <laughs> Finding, keep it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on today. We'll put all your resources yeah. up on the show notes. And any way that we can help push this physical therapy movement within eating disorders, let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great. It's so great to, to talk with you gals. I absolutely love listening to your podcast. Aww, so thank you. Thanks, is, Michelle. This is an honor for me. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You have a great day and thanks for being on. Bye, Queens. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Yours Truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as REDS, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com. Bye, queens. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fit for queen and Hashtag fit for a queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.